0: Those who've uh, entered, those who've entered the journey for some kind of spiritual understanding. realize after a while that there are stations on the journey. There are steps, there are hills, there are plateaus. But in summation, you are either in a state of love or doing what you can to get to a state of love. And herein is a key understanding. What is it that blocks you from being in a state of love? What is it that blocks you from being spiritually attuned And spiritual attune means being in love. What is it that blocks you from that? What are the waves that come over you that take you from the peaceful, tranquil, anxiety-free station of love to the angst-ridden states of not-love? What is the operative force that makes this happen? And how are we involved with all of that? For each one of us, there has been a lifetime of experiences that have in some way formed the attitudes that we take towards things and the way we perceive things. We've all come to a similar conclusion in that we've determined that love is a necessary part of our existence and we are striving to make it a permanent part of our existence, a permanent state for our existence, or we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be gathering in these kinds of circles. Yet, we know we're plagued by inconsistency in the attempt to remain in that place, some of us have had much more severe encounters with the world than others. The world has been easier on some of us than on others. And our reaction to the world has been depending on who we are, more or less violent. And the world's reaction to us, depending on who we are, has been more or less violent. Let's look at one of the penultimate encounters in our religious history of the violence of the world attacking and yet love being sustained. The world of Christianity is covered with statues and paintings of Jesus hanging on a cross. And what's the point of this cross? The point is that he was being tortured to death. Now, how much more severe and violent is the world going to get to you than torturing you to death? Literally. And in this literal torture to death, what was Jesus' response. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Now, we have to use all of these images we've been given in religion and all of these understandings we've been given as examples for our own existence. What is the torture in our own life? What is the attack of the world in our own life that's kept us from being in love? Does it reach the state of what happened to Jesus as the Christians understand it? Uh, Does it reach the level of being tortured to death. Well, for some it does, and for some it's much less. <laughs> but the the, uh, the the question is not what is the violence that the world's put on you. The question is, what is your reaction to that violence? Because In the story of the Christ, he passes. He's actually killed on the cross. Yet, he stayed in a state of love. He did not lose the focus on reality. He did not stray from the point that he came here for. Even though the world turned on him in an unimaginable way, um, he withstood the impulse to react as he could have and destroy what was attempting to harm him. There's a a story of the prophet of Islam, Muhammad, in a city called Taif, where stones were being thrown at him. And he was injured. And Gabriel came to him and said, what is the retribution that you wish to take here. Or something to that effect. And the prophet responded that the children of these people would or could be believers. And therefore, he was not going to get involved in retribution. He was not going to react. This restraint of action works on more than one level there's the restraint of physical action but then there's also the restraint of internal action what are we doing on the inside while all this is going on or while we feel attacked by the world what's happening to our insides. Are we boiling? And are we holding on to our chair so we don't get up and kick somebody? Or are we biting our tongue so we don't scream at the top of our lungs? Or are we tranquil? Job is of course the example of the world attacking him from every direction. From the north, this occurred. From the south, this occurred. In the west, this occurred. In the east, this occurred. And it all was destructive to Job. And Job sat tranquil, disaffected, unaffected, and in a state of belief, and love. Is the example of Jesus that it's more important to give up your life than not to forgive? Is the example of Jesus that life is a fleeting moment that can impact your eternity? And you better be careful how you treat this fleeting moment and what degree of importance you give it. Because you could be misplacing your entire existence for what you think is real. How do we get a grasp on the beyond of where we are when we can't see the beyond of where we are? How do we get a grasp on resurrection when we don't notice resurrection or can't see resurrection? Is faith alone the answer? Or is there something more than that? Have we, through our experience of watching the world, learned about its vagaries and how everything in fact disappears in it? Don't we see from watching current events or reading history or learning about the way the world acts, that it acts in a way that doesn't have much to do with love. And if we want to put our seat in the middle of this world, and we want to orchestrate this world, and we want to wave a baton and make things happen in this world. We are going to be subject to all of the things we've read in the history books. and <laughs> We're going to be subject to all the trials and tribulations <laughs> and difficulties that everyone who participates on the world's stage gets. Now, to be on the world stage doesn't mean that you need to be sitting in the White House. It just means that you're looking for reaction (laughs) from whatever's around you and that you are playing to what your senses perceive as opposed to playing to the next world. These are all machinations that we constantly go through. And of course when your right arm has just been sliced and the blood is spewing from it and the pain is running through it, it doesn't mean that the pain and the flow of blood doesn't cause effect and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't get bandages and if one understands psychic trauma one also understands that psychic trauma is no different than physical trauma the pain of the trauma (coughs) is just as immense (coughs) And the healing and the bandaging are just as necessary. (coughs) But what was it about Jesus that bypassed the need for physical healing? Or that bypassed the need for the healing of the mental trauma that he was put through? What was it about Muhammad, may peace and blessings be upon him, that allowed him to see what was going to happen in the future, as opposed to reacting to the very present. Even though what is going to happen has been blocked to us, even though we can't tell about tomorrow, we can, from what we witness, extrapolate, With certainty, what's going to happen tomorrow. Certainty to the degree that Allah allows it. Now, we can extrapolate with certainty that the moon will come out. Uh, Extrapolate means to uh, make assumptions about what's going to happen from what we've seen and what we know. We We can extrapolate as to certain events. One of the most profound events that we should be able to extrapolate, but don't have the capacity to, is our own death. And if we were able to tune in and hone in on that, it would certainly change our reactions to the things that have gone on in our existence. How come that personally when we attend a funeral, our attitude towards existence, even for a brief moment, changes. And we understand, for a brief moment, the fleeting nature of existence. And our part in that fleeting nature of existence. And when we look at it, as fleeting. As disappearing, don't we begin to wonder why we gave so much importance to whatever it was that happened, whenever it happened, that made us not love for an extensive period of time and put us in a state of pain? Because what is not love? Not love is a disorder, it's an illness. And that illness consists of various forms of mental and heart aberrations. It consists of jealousy. It consists of greed. It consists of wanting and needing, in an overwhelming way, things in the world that are going to fall out of our grasp within a matter of time if we extrapolate our existence appropriately. Yet, for the moment of satisfaction from holding on to gold, we would give up our eternity. And what is the satisfaction of holding on to gold? Realize That it's almost entirely mental. It's a hallucination. It's what you think you can do with it. And when it comes down to the doing, what's the satisfaction after you've done it 19, 35, 48, 107 times? It is as difficult for the beggar to give up his penny as it is for the king to give up his kingdom and Allah asks the same thing of everyone everything he doesn't differentiate among us and his demand from us is no different dependent on our status Whatever we have, we're going to give it up. Notice I said we're going to give it up. I'm extrapolating. (laughs) Because we have no other choice. And we can pretty much assume that that's going to happen. My teacher used to talk about the coming of the Messiah and how people have been waiting for the coming of the Messiah in order to save them from their tribulations. And then he said, And how many people have died waiting for the Messiah? And what are you going to do? Are you going to sit around and wait for the Messiah? Or are you going to take action on your own life? and become that which is capable of the reality of witnessing the Messiah. There was a Christian sect called the Shakers in the uh, 1800s in the United States and the basis for their point of view was a vision that uh, a woman in the sect had, which was every single being has to make their being capable of being the Messiah. They have to reach the level of purity that the Messiah can become. The Messiah is. But the responsibility is through us. So we become the Messiah for ourselves the quran says if you save one life you've saved the entire universe imagine if you become that one life that is the messiah or that station that is the messiah the savior through the clarity and the purity that we're capable of internalizing and becoming ourself, do we have the belief system that's strong enough to believe that that's capable of coming within us? If we have that kind of a belief system, then no matter what the pain, no matter what the trauma, no matter the severity of the wounds, they can all be put aside. They can all be put aside because they are the hindrance to being in the state of love. And the work to putting them aside is the path to love. But as long as they're there, we're not in love. We're working at love because we're still doing the getting the crap out work. And the getting the crap out work is very important work but it has to be done. And we have to become pure. We have to become the state of non-hypocrisy, where we actually can say what we think, because there's nothing there that we're ashamed of. There's nothing that we hold inside of ourselves that needs to be hidden, because we love. And love burns not love. Love burns all of those things that keep us separate from each other. And all of these wounds in a very profound way keep us separate from each other and keep us separate from reality because as long as we're separate from each other we are separate from reality. So, we need to become healed. We need to be our doctor. And we need to become healed. Nobody else is gonna heal us. We need to become physically healed and psychically healed. We need to become healed in the most profound way possible, which is to become pure. And in that purity, we can reside in that state called love. And then the world has no impact on us. I remember taking Bauer uh, to see some um, places of interest uh, when he came to visit me one time at our home. And he said to me quite literally, you know, I have no interest in these things of the world. And when do we get to that place where we can just say, you know, I really have no interest in these things of the world. My focus is on love. May that state come to each of us. May that place come to each of us. May that peace come to each of us. And may that reality come to each of us. um, um, Amen.